Welcome back to Blind Guy Talks Tech, your daily accessible tech podcast. Add your voice to the discussion. Email hello at blindguytalkstech.com or call and leave us a voicemail on 0204-571-3354. Hi guys, Blind Guy Talks Tech. I'm Blind Guy Stephen Scott. He is Blind Guy Sean Priest. Hello. Hello. And we've got Blind Guy Mohammed Atif with us from RNIB's Technology for Life team. Hello, Mohammed. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Um, yeah, listen, is that okay to say that? You know, these days everyone's so obsessed with how, you know, you're announced and introduced. So is it okay to call you Blind Guy Mohammed? Of course it is, mate. Blind Guy, I've been called worse, trust me. Yeah, so have I. That's the thing. It's like people people say to me, it's like, well, you've got to be careful what you say these days. And I'm like, I grew up in the East End of Glasgow, right? I've been called some horrific things in my life. And I'm sure I've returned the compliment more than once. So, you know, get over it. Anyway, right. Uh, welcome to it. Uh, we're going to be talking today about keyboard shortcuts in Windows. All my Christmases have come at once because I'll tell you this, Mohammed. Uh, you know, my keyboard shortcuts, frankly, if you're blind, are the key to everything, right? I mean, they really are. Um, you know, and the more we know uh, the better right but it's very hard to know all these commands and I think it's also interesting to distinguish between commands for say a screen reader and commands for you know general computer use right because you have this thing where I had a guy say to me once you know I I would switch from uh, you know JAWS to NVDA because obviously NVDA is free but you know I don't want to lose like control C for copy and at first I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you're serious, right. Okay, actually, that's an interesting point. You seem to think that that's attached to the screen reader because that's probably what is part of the training, right? It's like, well, you need keyboard shortcuts to operate it and therefore you think every keyboard shortcut is a screen reader specific. So, you know, it's trying to maybe distinguish that a little bit and also talk about the important ones that, uh, that you use all the time. So, um, yeah, what's your favorite keyboard shortcut of all time, Mohammed? Oh, you put me in a spot in house, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. Oh, Alt F4. Especially when I'm talking to someone I don't want to talk to so I can cancel them. Oh, I, th I think that's a hint, Sean. I think that's a hint. Don't throw me under the bus. That's directed purely at you. Uh, okay, so so tell us about keyboard shortcuts from your perspective then, because obviously I guess you must get calls about this on the RNIB Tech for Life team uh, helpline. Yeah, all the time, especially when people have, uh, say, for example, they've been using a mouse and then they suddenly want to uh, switch to a keyboard because maybe they've lost a considerable amount of vision, for example, and they have to use keyboard shortcuts because the mouse isn't obviously, you know, it's not an option anymore. So what the confusion is that people get confused with regards to screen readers and magnification and things like that. You know, if you had no assistive technology software, either speech or mag, on a PC, you could still use keyboard shortcuts. And the majority of keyboard shortcuts are Windows inbuilt keyboard shortcuts. And people don't know about that. They always seem to think, oh, what's the JAWS keyboard shortcut for this? And what's the NVDA keyboard shortcut for, for that? It's not a JAWS or NVDA keyboard shortcut. It's a Windows keyboard shortcut, which will work with or without assistive technology. You know, you said about Control C for copy, Control V for paste. You know, I mean, they're the commonly known ones because we use those more or less every single day. But there are yeah. other ones as well, you know, to get to the action center, uh, Windows and A, for example, to get to the notifications, Windows and N, you know, to get to widgets, Windows and W. You know what I mean? These kind of things to get to the taskbar, you can press Windows and T and get to the notifications, Windows and B. So there's so many keyboard shortcuts that people can use where even sighted people 
even people that have no visual impairment whatsoever, they can quickly and easily use these keyboard shortcuts rather than reaching for the mouse, you know, going up to the top of the screen, dragging something down or going to the bottom right hand corner to look at notifications and all those kind of things in the action center. You know, so these keyboard shortcuts can work for everyone. They don't have to be blind people specific, if that makes sense. Am, am well, I right in saying, because I'm sure that you said this to me, Sean, that coders use the keyboard pretty much all the time, right? They live by the keyboard and keyboard shortcuts for them is is really the, the way to get the job done as quickly as possible, right? And, you know, obviously, yes, there are blind coders as well, but I'm, I'm talking there about sighted coders. They would, they would use the keyboard just as much as we would probably. No, that's right. And it, I did a piece recently, an introduction to how you use a computer if you're blind or visually impaired. And the point I wanted to make was that don't look at it as a, a downgrade. You know, I can't use the mouse anymore. Uh, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a negative because I make the point that I think keyboard shortcuts are for more advanced users. That's how I class myself. I'm an advanced really? Windows user. Yeah, because... Look, you, you can sit. Hang on, just to clarify this, you consider it. yourself an advanced user. So I was just Sim checking in on that one. Yes, I do. Simply by using keyboard shortcuts, because it is right. so no, much no, no, quicker. Makes sense. <laughs> yes. Look, if you're a touch typist and you know you you always got your hands anchored to that home key uh, row, you know, um, and moving the mouse and and going to a menu and clicking on a it's actually so much slower than just doing a keyboard shortcut. Keyboard shortcuts are faster. They're not they're not a negative and i i really try and make people see that that it's it's actually it can be what it is it's a it's more productive it's a more productive way of using your computer yes there is that learning curve where you got to try and memorize them all but you know we all know that after a while it's just muscle memory some people ask me what a keyboard shortcut is and i need to actually do the action on the, <laughs> the keyboard to remember what it is yeah but uh yeah i think they're a really powerful thing do you know an example of that would be, do you know what I said about the Alt and F4 to exit out of things? With a sighted person, for example, they have to grab the mouse, go up to the top right-hand corner of the screen, get it all accurate on the little red X, and then click, you know? That takes, you know, three seconds more than it takes to just press the Alt key, hold down the Alt key, and press the F4 key, for example. Exactly. You know? That's exactly the same thing. You know, if you can grab your mouse and go down to the taskbar and click on an item on the taskbar, for example, why not? Do you know, a, a great keyboard shortcut, which was introduced in Windows 10, you know, if you've got stuff pinned to the taskbar, say, for example, you've got your web browser at position one on the taskbar, uh, email client position two, word processor position three, Windows Media Player, for example, position four. What you can do is just press Windows and one to activate the web browser, Windows shift and one if you want to activate a new browser window, for example. Uh, Windows and two, Windows and three, and so on. If you know the position of where that application is, or that service, or that folder is on the taskbar, you can just press Windows one through zero. You know, along the top row. It is honestly rather than getting the mouse, clicking on the one you want. You know, it's, it just takes so much time. I just find the keyboard shortcuts, and I, I completely agree that it becomes muscle memory. You know, and some people, when they say to me, oh, how do you do this with the keyboard? I'm like, yeah, I've done it. I've done it so many times. Let me just do it and I'll get back to you. Do you know, yeah. because it yeah. just becomes <laughs> instinctive. If, you know, especially if you're a touch typist, you know, if you click, 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 you're typing away, you know, then you do a, a few keyboard shortcuts and it does such and such, you know, you copy one document to another and you, 
uh, look at the font and you change the, all this kind of stuff, you know, it, it just makes it so much easier to just use a keyboard shortcut. Another example of that is, you know, when someone says to you, uh, I want a bulleted list, for example, or a numbered list, you can just quickly do that just by pressing number one, press tab. You know, that is basically using a keyboard shortcut because you're using the tab key. And then you press enter and it puts in a number one and it puts in like a, a, a numbered list for you. Same with the, like a bulleted list. You can just press the star key on the number pad, press tab, and it puts a bullet in for you. You know, these kind of things are just so much easier to do. Like, did you know in Microsoft Word, for example, if you want to change the font, the size, the color of your text, you can just do control A to highlight it all. And then you can do control and D and it goes directly into font, size, color, superscript, subscript, underline, all that kind of stuff. You know, I and, did not know that. No, nor me. And people, do you know, especially when you format text, people always seem to reach for the mouse. Oh, I just want to un underline this and bolden this. Well, highlight it. Control E, descentered. Control B, bold. Control I, italic. Control J, justified. Control R, right aligned. And control L, left aligned. You know, it just makes control, it just makes the whole keyboard a, a major part the computer use you know rather than going for a mouse honestly for me even if a mouse wasn't attached to this computer you know i just wouldn't have any issues with that at all to be honest i agree yeah well, i totally you, agree you know what's great about what you're saying there is you know i've spent a lot of time faffing around with that ribbon thing in windows uh, especially in word um i mean other applications also have the ribbon as well but word especially trying to get through it to get to those settings i mean things like you know control b for bold control u for underline control i for italic uh, those kind of stuck in my head but that was that was it really um and a lot of that came from the kind of education i got which was very much being told as a kid you know i said i want to work in the radio and everybody laughed <laughs> they're not laughing now that's well, Bob Monker's joke, um, but uh, I like to use I like to use up to date comedians in my comedy. But um, you know, honestly, you know, I, I, they were they were telling me, look, go and be a secretary, or learn to be a secretary, learn to touch type. And at the time, and especially these days, people would be like, oh, the shock, the shame. But actually, you know what? It kind of worked out for me because I learned to touch type, and that was probably the best gift of education that I got, frankly. Because, you know, not being able to touch type these days, I can't imagine how that would be, having to learn to do that now. I mean, there are some fantastic tutorials out there, and I would highly recommend Azabat, for example, if you're blind. Uh, I think R&B shops still sell that. Um, yes, I think they do. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, Azabat is, is, that's the talking training, isn't it? It's like it comes in a CD, you put it in your computer, it talks you through it. Correct, yeah. Oh, I mean, you can actually download it from the Azabat website as well oh, now. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Uh, so, I mean, a, a lot of the com uh, computers that you get these days don't come with CD drives, uh, especially yeah, the laptops. That's, that that's the problem with a lot of the software, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the old style software. It. <laughs> yeah. So it's all downloadable now. And what, what's great about Azabat is that when you, you don't need to have your own screen reader because it has its own speech already there. Yes, that's you know, right. And so it's if you're not in, brilliant. Because, I'll tell you why this came up because uh, one of our contributors to to the old Tech Talk show um, got in touch to say, "I really want to learn to use a screen reader, but I can't touch type, so I don't know what any, what any of the keys are." And that's another challenge for someone who's blind who wants to uh, use a screen reader, or someone who's coming to sight loss later in life. Right? It's kind of important that you get to know the keyboard 
Um, and it's good to know that there are tools out there that can help you do that because without that, then if I said to you, press control E, you're going to go, well, where's E? Where's control? And suddenly you've got a problem, right? Completely agree. It's very, very important that you know the keyboard layout before you can start using the PC, for example. You need to know what the terminologies are as well, you know? But that, uh, that sounds obvious, but it's not yeah. until someone presents that problem to you. And it wasn't obvious to me at all until someone said, but I don't, I don't touch type. And yeah. that was, oh, hang on. That was a bit of a, that was an Oprah moment. It was like, ha, ha, ha. Don't do it. You don't touch type. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing what? how many people yeah. still chicken peck or hen peck at their keyboards. But, and, but and bear in mind, the, the majority of people in our life who, in our world, who will have sight loss, it will come to them later in life. Sight yep. loss I'm talking about, not yep. people like ourselves who've been born with an eye condition and have had to deal with it our, our, our whole lives. And as a result, have maybe had access to tools earlier, which has which have helped us. I mean, not all the time, necessarily. I mean, you know, I talk about Braille all the time and the fact that I wish I'd learned it. Speaking of which, by the way, guess what I got out of the cupboard today, guys? Your Perkins. There's not, hang on. Is, Is it broken? broken? Oh, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> oh, no, it still dings. It's all, it's all wow. that dings. There you go. So, yeah, bit That's of sound a noise. On the That's podcast. a blast. Blast from the past, that one, Steve, honestly. Wow. Oh, I'm going to annoy the neighbours with this one. I can't wait. You're annoying me, <laughs> let alone the neighbours. But, you know, touch typing is so key, isn't it? It really is. I, I keep saying, it, is. Like, it sounds like a pun every time I say it, but it is. It's so important. Um, I learned that uh, when I went to the uh, Royal National College for the Blind in Hereford uh, for three years. I, really, that's what I came away with was touch typing. And at yeah. the time absolutely hated it and you know as i am very very old this was on electronic typewriters i was the same and getting my fingers stuck in between keys was a regular thing <laughs> and, i learned uh, touch typing sort of 1987 ish same right? as me yeah honestly yeah, it was right. like it was a manual typewriter and honestly my hands were dead afterwards honestly because you had to <laughs> hammer down on these keys especially like i'm an uh, like you know a seven-year-old child and i'm using my sort of pinky finger how am i supposed to hit the a with my pinky finger I and i'm supposed to well, why are you come on come on but seriously totally mrs henderson it. i'll tell you she's, she's, she's i don't know if she's still alive or what i hope she is she's probably turning in her <laughs> turning in her armchair so to speak <laughs> but it, i mean it's one of those skills and it's exactly how like you said Stephen, how i feel about i missed my opportunity to learn braille at that point mm. because i can't imagine you know not having touch typing it makes it makes such a difference and i feel the same way about braille really i completely agree you know a lot of people that have lost a, um, a little bit of sight later on in life they always tend to go for uh large print computer keyboards in the first instance but hmm. i think in on a personal level i think that defeats the object of touch typing to be honest with you they'll say oh yeah i'll learn to touch type but i need to know where the keys are you know but you know it's like the time taken to peer down at the keys, where you're, you know, you're struggling to see the, the keys anyway, even if it's large print, you know. Um, then look at the, the, the look up at the screen, see if you've typed it correctly. Then look back down again. I mean, you're causing your neck, your eyes, your your back so much strain just by doing that. Whereas the only strain you're putting on your uh, your ears is the Azabat tutorial. You know what I mean? So I think it's really really important to start learning touch typing at an early age if you can, if you have been born with vision loss. And as soon as possible after you've lost your vision loss. I mean, a lot of people obviously are going through a lot of emotions and a lot of other stuff. And touch typing is probably the least of their worries at that time. But it's really, really important if you want, you know, carry on working or carry on communicating with people and things like that. It's really, really important. 
I mean, even with like smartphones and tablets, you can attach Bluetooth keyboards and you do still need to be able to touch type to use those keyboards, you know? Um, so it's really, really important. And on the subject of Braille, you know, I, I started learning Braille as I was touch typing as well. So I was learning two things at once. And I've got to say, if I hadn't learned Braille, I seriously would be illiterate because I wouldn't know what how words are structured, mm. where punctuation goes, uh, you know, how to construct a sentence or a paragraph or, you know, what what does centered mean? What does justified mean? What does left aligned mean? If I didn't know Braille, I wouldn't know any of those things. Because at the moment, I use a screen reader uh, on a smartphone and also a PC. and all you know, my screen reader is telling me is that it's centered, it's bold, and you know, I don't even know what that looks like. You know what I mean? So, yeah. honestly, if I was to get my site back today and someone put a percentage sign, an at sign, a, a dollar sign, a yen sign, I wouldn't have a clue what they look like and what they are, honestly, because I like solely on my ears to tell me what those things are. Yeah, I totally get that. And it's it's funny, as I've lost more and more vision, I find I've forgotten how to spell words because it must have been visual some of that you know and you, you you forget it's funny yeah completely especially with you know things like no and no where and where there and there which and which these kind of words you know if, if honestly if i hadn't learned braille at that time i did and i seriously would be confused really muddled up Although I have to tell you guys, you know, I got a little bit of PTSD when I started using the Perkins because I thought this takes me right back to learning typing again. It's just like right <laughs> back to those days of sore fingers and like bang, 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 trying to do the, the keyboard stuff. But um, no, it, typing is, is absolutely essential. Um, and it's interesting. In some ways, we're in a weird world at the moment because, you know, from in, in our lifetimes, I think it's a bit like a mountain almost the way it's, it's kind of came around in terms of the, the style of it, which, you know, you had this big run up towards everybody learned to touch type because, you know, computers are the new big thing going from 80s into 90s. And then, you know, you had this big crescendo point. And then now we're kind of on the, the down slope of that where people are moving away from physical keyboards to on screen keyboards. And the need is still there to type, but of course it's becoming less and less because, you know, lots of people, I mean, how many kids now are using emojis as opposed to words and, you know, spelling is kind of falling out of favour for a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's a good time, Sean, to forget how to, to spell words because nobody so. can spell anymore. That's right. It doesn't matter. Exactly. It's kind of gone away, but it is important when you're in a job. It is important to keep, you know, in employment. And, you know, Mohammed, you're absolutely right because you've got to, you've got to think about those things. You know, it's, oh, it's, well, it's difficult. Look, I mean, when someone loses their sight, it's, it's difficult. Of course it is, and it's challenging, and there are lots of emotions and things flying around. But at the end of it, you still have to take some control of your own life. And I think in some ways, taking, you know, just this, even just this one thing, there's lots of things you'll have to do, lots of adjustments you'll need to make. But if you're able to learn to type as one example, or one thing you can do, that's that's partly taking back that control of your own life, isn't it? What worries me is that, do you know, with all these smartphones and tablets now, our kids are worried for the kids and and what's going to happen in the future with regards to employment and stuff like that. Because a lot of them dictate what they want to say now mm. as well. You know, and I'm not just talking about blind and vision impaired people. Even the sighted people do it. They dictate what they want to say. You know, hey, Siri, send a message to so-and-so. And, you know, it then tells you what you want to say and you just say it, you know. And that way, I mean, you can speak all you want, but if you can't type and things like that, how are people are going to operate offices and other services you know in the future it does really worry me i mean it's great that technology is around it's absolutely brilliant but you know it's i think it's going to make a lot of people lazy it probably already has to be fair do, do you have kids Mohammed? yes i do you see i don't so i don't care 
Um, <laughs> there you that's, go. That's the bottom line for me. Fair I, I don't, enough. I don't have kids, right? I don't care. It's like, whatever, right? I mean, that's their problem. Um, and know, on that one, bombshell. Of the, one, of the, one of the greatest things about not having kids <laughs> is not having to deal with children. I've found this as a, as a massive plus point in yeah, my life. Climate is... change, who cares? <laughs> I'm not going to be around. What's that? Another box? Chuck it in the pile. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, but no, listen. Uh, Obviously, for you, uh, you get a lot of calls into the helpline at RNIB to, you know, get... And, and this is exactly why I wanted to get you on. It's, it's twofold, really, to talk about keyboard shortcuts. I think we've all learned something today. Um, I've certainly learned have. a lot. I, I'm going back and I'm going to be taking <laughs> notes of all these. In fact, <laughs> what we'll do is, well, on the podcast notes, we'll actually put in the notes all these keyboard commands. Sean, you can do that. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm just going to say, that's on you. But isn't that the thing about keyboard shortcuts, though? It's almost like a, a little community group, isn't it? Because yeah. there's always that, well, there's did you know one. you can do that? No, I didn't. It's, it's like swapsies. I love it. Yeah. It is. It is. It's so cool because every time you learn a new keyboard shortcut, especially because I'm a JAWS user, I'm sure you guys, well, I know you're not Sean, you use NVDA. Hooray! But um, for the rest of us <laughs> professionals out there, um, using a proper screen reader, um, I'm only kidding. Don't, don't hey. start sending in hate. Oh, which I, is I, moving I can't away comment, can from I? keyboard shortcuts, obviously, using the layered menu system. Yes, well, that's, uh, that's, that's an aside. But still got to, you still got to know where the keys are, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, the point is that with all those keyboard shortcuts, you know, when you learn a new one, like my favorite one I learned, Mohammed, was insert space H on JAWS. So yep. insert space to bring up the layered menu and H for speech history. Yes. My life changed when I learned about that because, you know, how many times has something flown past on an email and you thought, I need to try and grab that information or grab that piece of text. And now being able to just go back into history and get it is incredible. And there's a similar one on Mac, which is, he says quickly, trying to remember, I think it's VO command shift C, I think. <laughs> Sounds it's, like a Mac keyboard it shortcut. Does, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> and, that's, and that's basically copy last phrase to clipboard, which may actually just be uh, command shift C, I think. But I'll, I'll, I'll double check and yeah. put it in the notes. But yeah, that um, that one copies last phrase. Now, that, for example, is handy if you get a phone number or, you know, oftentimes it's an, an iMessage. Trying to get into an iMessage to copy the text is a nightmare. So being able just to grab the last phrase spoken, um, you can do that and then you can just copy it straight in Absolutely. to wherever you're going. And do you know with these, um, so you mentioned NVDA, you mentioned JAWS, obviously Narrator as well, and yes. a supernova, uh, supernova screen reader as well, you know, from mm. Dolphin. You know, all of these have something called a modifier key. Either you can use a caps lock key to perform different tasks or the insert key, depending <gasps> on what kind of keyboard you're using. I love the insert key. Yeah, don't mention insert, it triggers oh. Stephen. It does. It's, it's like every laptop. It, honestly, I go to Curry's, right? And I'm like, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll show, me some, show me some laptops. And they love when I go in. And they'll show me a laptop. And they're like, okay. And uh, they take me to a laptop. And I go, has it got an insert key? And they're like, uh, 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 no. Yeah. Not, I'm not interested. Next. And it just basically was gone like that for about an hour. But you do know that you can use the caps lock key, though. The caps yeah, lock key does exactly the same no, thing. No, my, yeah. my hands are primed and built to go to the top right and usually hit the delete key by accident. Yeah. Um, that's the only problem because it's usually right next to it. But, uh, you know, I, I'm an insert key guy. I'm sorry, Mohammed, you will a not dead change horse. me. Yeah, yeah exactly. we keep telling him, but yeah, he, yeah. he doesn't listen. <laughs> oh my god but i mean what i would say especially with <laughs> especially with screen readers and stuff like that always try to keep them up to date especially like at the moment we're using jaws 22 version uh 
Yeah, uh, 22, yeah. 22, yeah, it is, isn't it? My goodness, I'm I losing know. it. Uh, and version 21 point something, point something, point something of the NVDA. Oof. So, <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that, Sean, eh? Yes. He's on the, he's on the game here, something. isn't he? <laughs> so, you know, so it's really, really important to sort of, um, you know, especially if you're using NVDA drawers, even Narrator as well, keep, keep your keep your Windows up to date. It's, it's the best thing. You know, one great thing about Narrator, especially in Windows 11 now, it's getting closer and closer to NVDA JAWS as we speak. Yes. You know, and you can actually make Narrator operate exactly like NVDA and JAWS does. You can modify it to such an extent now that it actually operates like JAWS and NVDA. I mean, the voice is a little bit to be desired. Um, you know, mm. so they, 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 they're to try and make him as live as possible and as, uh, you know, so popular as possible, if you like. But they, I mean, Jaws eloquence is still the best thing for me, honestly. If I could get eloquence on an iPhone, oh, that would oh, be just you absolutely well. triggering him. Oh, I've got <laughs> honestly, him with the insert key. You with eloquence being the most must-have TTS. Honestly, brilliant. If I can get eloquence oh. on an iPhone, I would be. I'm honestly, the same. It would be fantastic. Mohammed, we are sympathetic. Come on, Apple, put your finger out. I know, get eloquence on. on. Come on, it's so good. I mean, the thing is, you can get it on Android, which is really irritating for me. Um, (laughs) I've actually even considered switching to Android just Just for the eloquence. eloquence. Yeah. (laughs) And and you know, that's unlikely to ever happen, right, in my lifetime. But you know, I I was looking at the Samsung Flip 3 phone because I'm really keen on this phone. I mean, there's something really sexy about it. I love the size of it. I'm not really into the whole flip phone thing. I was for a long time years ago as, as you know, as, as a younger guy with a bit more sight. I used to, you know, love having a flip phone around and I kind of wish I could get that back and I love the idea this will be fully accessible as well. But you know, it's running Android, so it immediately yeah. puts me off. Um Sorry. Please send all emails <laughs> <laughs> directly to Stephen. Uh, you know, going back to the screen reader thing, yeah. you know, like um, on a Mac, for example, and and uh, I think this was on uh, iPhone and iPad as well. Do you know the Alex voice? Mm. Yes. <gasps> yeah, it, uh, yeah, exactly what I was going to say. It actually breathes. I mean, mate, come on, seriously. That's freaky, man. It is freaky. <laughs> that That's is a bit seriously too far. freaky. Well, I mean, like a machine actually breathes. My goodness! You I know? think you know on on narrator though. I think you're right because the, you know the the keyboard layout has been improved, so it now mirrors a lot of the same commands you would use. So, insert or caps lock, F seven. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you can uh, you can use that, which is kind of cool. So again, you've got those similarities. I mean, obviously F seven for you know uh, links, for example, yes. if you're on a website, you know things like that. That bringing together uh, we have a conversation on the, the podcast about uh, this with jaws and we, we talk with matt ater from um vespero and we talk about the very fact that you know narrator has done this and i, I think w- w- matt was probably thinking i was getting to the the oh this is terrible narrator are kind of stealing your lunch a little bit but that was not what i was suggesting what i was saying to him was isn't this a good thing because as a screen reader user you can then go between all these different tools because sometimes I need to open Narrator to do something because JAWS just can't. Uh, I'm not as familiar with NVDA to be able to jump into that and just use it comfortably. So, you know, that's where Sean will come in and I'll say, how do I do this on NVDA? But inevitably, one or other of those will, you know, if you've got NVDA and Narrator on your computer, which you can do easily, um, because Narrator's built in, NVDA you can download for free, or donate if you feel you want to do that and support the project, which I would encourage. Yes. Um, but... Also, you've got you know the paid for version with with Jaws. You could have that if you can afford to. 
you could you could have all three, right, if you wanted to. Or even just have the Jaws 40-minute mode version. You don't even have to have the full version yeah. if you want to have that. The point is, having a combination of those three will set you in good stead because ultimately, I found anyway with, with Windows 10 and now with Windows 11, that you really need narrator as well because there's some parts of the system. The Jaws cursor I'm not au fait with entirely. I, I do use it and I get it. Um, but I sometimes find Narrator just kind of gets to the place quicker and it kind of gets there in a more understandable way to me. Narrator scan is brilliant just by holding down caps lock and hitting space bar. Um, that'll enable scan mode or turn scan mode off. And, you know, you can easily just navigate the screen just using the arrow keys. Um, and it gets into parts of the system that JAWS just doesn't. You know, sometimes you, you get you know, dropped onto a button um, and you or don't know what the button's is, for. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, in particular, yes or hard. no. Well, what must say yes or no to yes. erase computer, um, you know, accept an update? What, what is this? Yeah, I completely agree with that, especially um, with JAWS. Some, do you know, although JAWS at the moment is the market leader, there are some elements of Windows it doesn't actually read out. You know, you said about the settings, you said about... Uh, do you know when I mean? sometimes we have to install an application uh, or a software program and you've mm. got this button this, button that, button the other, you know, accept our terms next, and conditions. Ne yeah, exactly, yeah. But sometimes <laughs> JAWS says button, 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 yep. button, button. Well, come on, JAWS, what are you doing? You know, then mm. you just turn on NVDA or you, you know, turn on narrator and, and that sort of reads it okay. And you can use the tab key to navigate around boxes and things like that as well, you know. And, and talking of keyboard shortcuts and narrator, in uh, Windows, it's Control Windows and Enter anywhere on uh, you know where we wherever you are, you can invoke uh, Narrator just by using that keyboard shortcut, and you can turn it off using that keyboard shortcut as well. You know, so that that's a fantastic keyboard shortcut. And in Windows 11, especially now, do you know we talked about accessibility and things like that in Windows 10 and previous versions of Windows? It used to be called the Ease of Access Center. Mm. Now it's just called the Accessibility Center. Which yeah, makes complete sense, and that can be accessed by just holding down the Windows key and pressing U for uniform. And if you were to go into settings, for example, just to get everything really, um, you know, wireless uh, customization, personalization, you know, user accounts, updates, recovery, all that, Windows and I will take you directly there. So you know, you don't have to then go into the start menu and start typing various things. And again, those are Windows specific keyboard commands, not screen reader specific, That's right? Absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, as time goes on, I think uh, Microsoft will phase out the control panel because that's, that's where everything used to be, but now it's in settings. So the control yeah. panel is still there, but you know, it will, it will be slowly and surely phased out. I think just, you know, as time goes yeah. on. And I think, I think about Windows 11, right? A lot of people have this um, uh, skepticism about, oh, how is it going to work with my screen reader? How are keyboard shortcuts going to, you know, it honestly isn't that bad. It really, really isn't. Trust well, me. Nothing's changed, really, has nothing it? Nothing really has changed. Absolutely. Well, I will uh, say, know? I have noticed that the, the context menus, I can no longer, in some of them, not all of them, but in the Windows 11 context menus, I can't use letter navigation anymore. So if I'm on the desktop and I bring up the context menu and, you know, new, I just hit, um, I think it's W, and then T for text document, that no longer works. Now, I'm hoping that will be, and I, I'm pretty sure it will be fixed in an update to Windows 11, but, you know, that yeah. is something I've noticed that's a bit of an issue. Hmm. 
Yeah, that would be an issue for me as well. Because if there's quite a big context menu, then yes, you know, you're going to be arrowing up and down it all day long, you know, until you find. And the thing with me is, I'm really impatient like that. I have to, you know, no, no, tap, 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 tap. You know, I sort of know instinctively how many yes, down indeed. arrows <laughs> I'm going to need. You know what I mean? And if that doesn't do it, then uh, that's going to be yeah, a bit of a bit of an issue, really. I just remembered. Do you know you asked me right at the beginning what my favorite keyboard shortcut is? Hmm create a new folder honestly oh. it is the best keyboard shortcut ever before what i was doing is pressing the applications key which invokes like a, a context menu right click you can also use shift and f10 as well but if you do control shift and n for november it actually then creates a folder for you and puts you in where the folder name should go and that could be in windows explorer that could be on the desktop could be anywhere so control shift and n is that is my favorite windows shortcut well, that, that at was, the moment, absolutely the... depressing as a shortcut <laughs> choice. If I'm I, no, I totally agree. Really? And again, going back, yeah, I used to use Alt and the number I, I, two. I'm, I'm heading for Alt F4 right now. Stop it! Alt, <laughs> Alt two used to create a new folder, but it doesn't in Windows 11. So I just discovered Control Shift N. Uh, so yes. yeah, I totally well, agree. Well, actually, okay, if we're going to we're going to share our love of the creative folder, come on, folder, let's nerd it up. He, okay, then what about F2? To what rename about? a file or folder. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Love it. Mm. Absolutely love I it. I love that because it doesn't. It actually doesn't make any sense when you think about it. A Mac's interesting because in a Mac, when you create a new folder, um, you have to enter on it to change it, which doesn't seem right, does it? Because you think that would be to open it. Um, but enter actually brings up the, yes. the rename function. On oh, the Mac. Mac is just crazy. It is a bit weird in that sense. But yeah, F2 on the, on the PC. I think the thing about the PC is the function row actually serves as a proper function row. On a, on a PC, that's the thing. And I think that's why, as I've got older, I'm actually appreciating older computers. I mean, every time I look at a new computer, I've been trying out all these different ones recently, Mohammed. I've been trying out the, the Surface Laptop, and I've been trying out you know, some of the Dell offerings and, and some other machines. And they all just seem a bit too new and fancy. And it's like, I just want an old-fashioned computer. Stick with your Perkins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I've got this Lenovo here, right? This Lenovo ThinkPad, which I don't know how old this is, maybe a couple of years old. It's not it's not particularly old, but it's that standard business-type laptop. And yeah. its layout on the keyboard is just perfect. And I'm hearing so many blind people talk about this now. They're just wanting this simple, basic layout. They know what everything is. It's got all the keys you want. Not all the keys are brightness or, you know, turn on the Wi-Fi or, you know, do not disturb. I mean, it's great that those functions exist, but truth be told, a lot of us blind people tend to just switch all that off and just stick with the main function row because that's how you need to operate with the screen reader. I was just about to mention that. You know, with most laptops now, they come with a function key. It sits in between the control key and Alt oh, key or the Windows key at the bottom of the keyboard. And you have to yeah. press that. And, you know, for example, if you want to do Alt F4, let's use that as an example again because F4 is on the function row. You have to hold down the function key, Alt and F4. But you can change that. You can actually change that. I think you have to do it somewhere in the BIOS or there may be something on the settings that you can do. So well, there's a really quick way to do it. If you've got a situation where you've got a PC uh, yeah. and you want to quickly change it. Now, it doesn't happen with all of them, but what to try is hold down function and press escape once. And that should, in some cases, lock the function row to be a function row. Yes, Function escape will do it. Um, it doesn't do it in all of them. I had an old Dell. What was it? A Dell. It's this old machine, mind you. And I, I do love it. It's a brilliant little machine. It's just sadly just too old now. Um, Dell. Oh, was that a Vostro? No. 
Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Dell. It was it was a tablet essentially that had a, a keyboard you could click in. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Dell. That was it. Dell Venue. Venue. That was it. The yeah. Dell Venue. That was a brilliant machine, and I, I loved it because of the size. The keyboard was really nice, and it was what was cool was the keyboard that, that you attached it to had its own battery. So you had then two batteries on your machine. So and you would see on the battery level like each battery. And, you know, you could get, like, not just all-day battery life. You could almost get a week out of this thing. Wow. And it was really, really cool. And the keyboard was solid. It was a really beautiful keyboard. But it didn't have the function escape or, or um, function lock, essentially, capability in it, even in the BIOS. And it was something that everybody on the forums was saying, why can't you just add this in? But yeah. they'll never responded. It never happened. And the machine, you know, just went to the side. Because, you know, when you're trying to do insert F7, you'd have to hold down insert function and f7 and i don't know how you do that that's madness yeah, that would be madness you, you know people ring up the um rnb helpline come through to technology for life and they say about oh i'm looking for a new laptop which one should i go for and i always say to people do you know what every single laptop is going to have a different layout of keyboard completely you know some are going to be closer together some are going to have a little bit of a distance some you know when you go into say curry's pc world or whatever and you want one with an external uh, or, a, or a number pad to the right of the keyboard, mm. then you can't determine because they're all cramped in together. You don't know where the arrow keys are. So I like keyboards where the arrow keys are sort of distinctive and they're sort of separated from the rest of the keyboard sort of thing. So it's really, really important. You know, when we purchase a new laptop or a new uh, hybrid tablet, for example, with a built-in keyboard, that you actually go and have a look, a physical look, find out how the keyboard feels, type on it, you know, and... and because a lot of people, you know, just don't know, uh, especially with the, the whole uh, FNJ thing as well. Some can fear, you know, appear Pardon? faded uh, and some can't, you know, some, some are like, you know, they have the little dimples on them, you know. So it's, it's very, very important that you get that. And with the function keys, you know, you talked about the function keys. I'm using a keyboard, right? And all the functions are keys and the escape key and the ones to the left of that are exactly in one row without any gaps. So there's not F1, F2, F4, yeah. uh, F3, F4, then a gap, then F5, and so on. It's just completely escape straight into F1 all the way to F12 and a load of other keys next to it. So yeah. that's really, really confusing. I mean, you can sort of counter that by using lock dots or bump ons or whatever. Um, but on, on a laptop, that's going to be quite difficult, I was going to imagine. The, com the computer that I am looking at at the moment, the keyboard is not perfect on it, but the one that intrigues me the most because of price and the fact it has that full-size keyboard. It still has an insert key, guys. Woo! Um, <laughs> it's the Dell Inspiron 16 Plus. Um, now, it sounds... And this is the thing about these. I mean, huge laptops. Um, but, you know, again, you get that full-size keyboard on that, which is really cool. Um, I've yet to find one, and I did find one recently, but it didn't have the key layout the way I liked it, but it did have those distinctive cursor keys because ideally what you want is full-size cursor keys, but oftentimes what you get are these tiny little ones. Um, you know, you maybe get like a full-size left and right arrow key and then the up and down are kind of sandwiched between and little half keys, um, and that's not much fun. But, uh, yeah, th that one is the one I've been kind of looking at because, you know, in terms of price, I mean, you're talking uh, today, and as we record this, you know, it's, what, about 1,100 quid. You're getting an i7 processor, 512-gig yeah. SSD with the 16-gig RAM, and it's blue. I mean, you know, what more do you want, frankly? Oh, well, I'll pay that money then if it's blue. <laughs> yeah. It makes all the difference. <laughs> 
It makes all the difference. Uh, look, we could talk about this all day, Mohammed. Uh, honestly, because your know, keyboard shortcuts never end. I would love to get you back, though, to talk more about customizing narrator. You talked yes. about that. That sounds very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It would be a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, now, look, uh, when we get you guys on, we like to talk about the RNIB helpline because, of course, as I know, I was RNIB for 15 years. I know the value of the helpline uh, as a user, as, as someone who worked with you guys. You know, people love to knock the RNIB, but frankly, the RNIB does, does some really great things. And I think the Tech for Life team is, is one brilliant example of that. So tell people how they can contact your team, how they can speak to you if they want to talk about keyboard shortcuts day and night. <laughs> okay, maybe not in the night, but day all day, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, the, the best way uh, of contacting us is via our helpline. It's 0303 Or if you've got a smart speaker, especially an Alexa smart speaker, you can just say, Alexa, call RNIB helpline, and it will oh, go yeah, away I forgot and about that. do that. So that's a great feature, I think, with um, with the Alexa device. If you have a, uh, access to email, you can uh, email your inquiry. If you include your contact details and just a brief description, tfl at rnib.org.uk. And we have also a section on our website dedicated to technology where you can download user guides, manuals, get some tutorials, look at videos, etc. on an array of uh, technology products. You know, it doesn't have to be just keyboard shortcuts, you know, it sort of stretches all over technology really that's rnib.org.uk slash technology Mohammed, thanks so much for coming on from rnib and uh, joining us today to talk about keyboard shortcuts i've had a lot of fun always a pleasure thank you steve thank you if you want even more blind guy in your life visit blindguytalkstech.com for previous episodes find us on your podcast apps or ask lady a or lady g to play blind guy talks tech podcast on apple podcasts thanks for listening catch you tomorrow